This is Coochie's Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, and on TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner. And now on the Anchor Podcasting Network at anchor.fm and the Anchor app. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Bobby Bailey here, Coochie's Corner Podcast. We are coming to you with season four, episode number 21. I know we just did 20 back on Thursday, but I wanted to get into 20, uh, episode 21 here today. We are going to also probably do a second episode this week just because I feel like it. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on, um, you know, a lot of silly season stuff. So, Kind of this episode's gonna we're gonna recap uh, Watkins Glen and we're also gonna kind of cover a little bit about some of the silly season stuff. We'll also kind of later in the week get into some some other things. I I, I think we're we're gonna um we're gonna have a lot to talk about. I think this week. Um, first things first, let's get into some of the news. So, I guess the big thing that um people are trying to start talking about is this whole Denny Hamlin situation with. 2311 and JGR and Toyota is it is it happening is it not happening what's going on and realistically I mean I, I think at the end of the day this this gets resolved and and Denny is back with Joe Joe Gibbs racing I think 2311 is back with Toyota um I know our friends over at seriously fast media um have heard the same thing that Chris Knight has heard which is apparently there's been some conversations between 2311 and Ford regarding 2024 i don't know exactly what that means um for hamlin's supposed uh contract negotiations with joe gibbs racing um i what i can infer from it is that this is probably going down the same rabbit's hole that kyle bush's deal went last year which is um you know sponsorship i i think it at that at the end of the day this all boils down to sponsorship it takes a lot of money to Write the checks on these cars, even even for drivers like Denny Hamlin, guys that are used to making, you know, probably somewhere in that five to ten million dollar season range. And when it comes up for renewal, uh, FedEx is obviously doing a smaller deal if they're coming back. We don't really know exactly where they are with the FedEx negotiations. We haven't heard anything in a while that they're coming back for twenty twenty four which I think has led the speculation of what is exactly going on with Hamlin. Now, Denny went and said something very interesting after I think his race, uh, you know, during his post-race at Watkins Glen, that Joe Gibbs has gone on record, at least in his conversations with him, and said, I don't care if we have sponsorship or not. You're the driver I want back in this car. We're going to, we want you to come back in 2024. So the thing that then I kind of fall to is if it's not sponsorship, what is it at 2311 that's holding these guys back from signing their Toyota renewal? And if you really look at it, it kind of goes into kind of the same microcosm that Toyota has been in the last several seasons. It seems like is, you know, they, they keep saying they want to get bigger, but there's limitations on how many cars they can, you know, run engines for and, and, and support and this, that, and the other. And, you know, I will say when they lost Kyle Busch, um, as a driver and also with their truck program, that was a big hit to their development program, you know, and then they kind of refunneled that money over to uh, what's now Tricon Garage, but it was David Gilliland Racing at the time. And, you know, I think that that was kind of, to me, kind of like 
the ball started rolling, you know, to, okay, now, now they got to really seriously think about how are we going to keep this Toyota pipeline going? Because, you know, let's face it. If Hamlin doesn't come back in 2024, there's a big problem that Toyota is going to have. It's going to be, what do we do to get JGR driver, which obviously, I mean, John Hunter Nemechek would be the guy they would plug in. Right. But then what, what kind of a position does that put legacy motor club in? Because Here's the thing. Legacy's not going to be able to go out and get a driver that's going to be much better than what Noah Gragson is. And and the whole thing with Noah Gragson, you know, just went down and all that. And supposedly, if everything stays the way it is, and, you know, Hamlin resigns with, with Gibbs and 2311 comes back with Toyota, supposedly next year, John Hunter Nemechek's supposed to be going into that 42 car. Now, I do think that that's going to be kind of like a a swing for John Hunter. I don't see John Hunter in that 42 car long-term. I think that that's a swing until Truex retires. And then they kind of swing John Hunter back into Joe Gibbs racing. And they put him in that, what I think is going to get rebranded as the 18 car in 2025. Then if that's how they work this out, what I do think is going to be interesting. If Hamlin does indeed, there's some kind of a snag, the deal doesn't get done and Hamlin's going down this rabbit hole with Ford. I think Hamlin leaves. I think he goes to his own team. And I think what's going to happen is one of two things. Either Bubba Wallace is going to stay with Toyota and they put Bubba Wallace in the 11 car and leave John Hunter Nemechek in the 42. Or, or the other thing is Tyler Reddick gets out of his, gets out because Toyota wants Reddick and not Bubba. And they turn around and take, um, you know, they take Reddick and they put Reddick in, in the 11 and leave John Hunter in the 42 with legacy. So there is, <clears throat> there is a path, I think, if something was to happen and Denny Hamlin and Toyota have, you know, some kind of, of breakdown in communication, sponsorship, money, whatever it is that's holding this situation up gets resolved and it's Denny Hamlin goes and drives for himself. And, and I really think if, if I had to be a betting man, the odd man out in this deal is probably going to be Tyler Reddick. I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's very likely that 2311 goes to Ford and Denny Hamlin then goes and drives for his own team, because I think that's what has to happen. You know, I, I mean, yes, I could see Ford giving 2311 enough money to go out there and buy a charter, but whose charter are they going to buy? You know, are they going to go to Rick Ware Racing and say, okay, we're going to buy out the 15 charter and we're going to go operate on that for a year with Denny? Um, and then what does that mean for Rick? You know, I just, you know, because he's just, he's trying to build a foundation here with Justin Haley as his, you know, his quote unquote franchise driver. And what is that going to do? You know, so I, I just, I think a lot of it's speculation right now. I think a lot of people are are talking. There's a lot of, there's probably conversations that have happened between 2311 and Ford. Maybe they're exploratory in nature um, just because, you know, their contract's up and they just want to make sure they're getting a fair shake out of Toyota. I have no idea, but, you know, when you get guys like Chris Knight and, um, you know, Seriously Fast Media who are both, you know, uh, connected in the garage area and heard the same thing at Michigan, um, I, I think it's there's some credibility to it, and it's at least something you got to consider. Now, again, deep down in my heart of hearts, I don't see Denny leaving. I don't see Toyota giving up on 2311 either. I just 
I think it's coming down to a financial deal. And I'm, I'm going to lay it out for you too. I mean, when you look at legacy, legacy doesn't have a ton of outside funding. All right. Right now, legacy motor club is basically self-funded by Maury Gallagher. And, you know, obviously, you know, Jimmy Johnson drives for them part-time and he's a co-owner in the operation. Maury Gallagher has a ton of money, but, just like any other team owner, I'm sure Maury Gallagher would rather be spending somebody else's money than just his own money, which is part of the reason why they went to Toyota. I think they're getting a better deal out of Toyota than they got out of Chevrolet. And and I think that's in spite of the fact that they brought Jimmy Johnson on. I, I think, if anything, I think Jimmy Johnson, in my personal opinion, Jimmy Johnson was a, a last-ditch effort by Maury Gallagher to get in better favor with Chevrolet, get some additional funding, get some better engines or something out of this deal and i just think at the end of the day they came up short and what happened that next is they went and they started talking they've been with ford before um i mean at least petty has um and and i think they know what the ford deal probably would be and they looked at okay well what if we went to toyota what if we went to them because they're looking to expand and we would be the third toyota team no matter what even 2311 um was to stay we're at worst the third best team if not their second a lot you know if not at best we'd be the jgr alliance team that 2311 now is giving up if that's if those speculations are true so i think if i'm you know legacy they're going to be in a better spot next year they're going to have that funding and i think that's what that's what's sparking this whole thing with 2311 i think denny wants additional funding he's looking at it this way too if John Hunter Nemechek goes to the 42 car, that 42 car is going to get additional money from Toyota. And I think he's looking at it as, listen, you know, we're putting two cars on the track. We're getting zero financial backing from Toyota with this deal. I mean, they are getting some races out of them. You know, for example, like the 20, the uh, Sirius XM races are, are races that Toyota, you know, is like selling to Sirius or is somehow included in their, their deal. And, you know, it's a lot of what you see, like when Yahoo's on Denny's 11 car, that's, that would have back in the day been a Toyota, you know, genuine service parts or something like that race. Instead, now they're putting Yahoo on it, you know, because they have a deal with Yahoo. Um, and then they have that deal with Sirius XM. So, you know, and then they have a deal with Mobile One. Um, so there's a lot of connections that Toyota has with, with business to business deals. And I think that a lot of that branding next year is going to go to Legacy. And I think that's what, Denny Hamlin's looking at it's like, why not us? Like, why can't we get more of that? Like, why can't, why can't we run more of that branding on our stuff? Because like, you know, we're going to be 10 times better than what, you know, legacy is going to be. And also like, we have our own drivers. Like we have Tyler Reddick. We have Bubba Wallace. Like we have guys that have brought in sponsorship that have kept sponsorship here that, could have walked out the door, you know, and I think there's a lot of synergies between the two teams. And I think what Nat, what Toyota's looking at is, you know, we got to try to make Danny happy here and try to get him some additional funding. And and I think some of it has to do with the third car, you know, Denny's looked at a third charter. And right now, just like I said, last episode, there's, there's a lot of people that would probably sell a charter, but the problem is, is the asking price and what teams are willing to pay for it are two separate things. You know, a team is probably looking at, you know, that that thirteen and a half million dollars that was spent last year buying a charter, and you know, some there's there's reports out there there are teams that are asking for twenty plus million dollars. I've heard of thirty, 
um, was thrown out there one, one time. So I think teams are trying to see what they want to do with, with getting another charter. I mean, we know Front Row Motorsports looked at one. I know Matt Colley's been looking at one. Um, you know, obviously 2311's looking at them. I do think there's a way that they, they got to, you know, they got to figure out first the TV contract and then NASCAR and the RTA have to have some kind of a negotiation and, and renewal of that, of the charter system period. Um, and I don't see how it doesn't get renewed because I think this system works. I, I know a lot of people out there don't, don't particularly care for it. They hate it. They think it's, it's bad, but I think it's great for the sport because here's the thing at the end of the day, like back in the day when you were a team owner and I, and I understand that this, this only helps out the, the gazillionaires that own these teams, right? And they have gazillions of dollars and, and, and all that. But I think at the end of the day, it's great that there is a, a model that these teams are at least able to sell out and get something back on the investment. Because back in the day, like in the 90s, you know, when you had, for example, the, the 97 team, right, of uh, Chad Little, you know, he was driving for, I think it was Diamond Blade or something like that, uh, racing. And when their team was struggling financially, you know, you know who goes in and buys them out? Jack Roush. It was Jack Roush. Too. He goes and buys the, the he gets he buys the team out, so he gets the sponsorship money from from John Deere, but he doesn't buy the cars. He doesn't buy the engines. He literally just runs the the '97 car with Fords, you know, and Ford Motors, the whole nine yards, and he probably pays penny on the dollar for that organization. Today, if RFK wanted to go out and buy a third charter, they're going to have to pay, you know, a Rick Ware, a premium motorsport. I mean, not premium, Aspire Motorsports, a team like that. He's going to probably have to pay 15 to $20 million to buy that charter, which back in the day, pennies on the dollar for a race team, they were probably paying $10,000, $15,000, maybe $30,000. You know, Roush probably looked at that contract for John Deere and said, okay, you guys are making half a mil a season on this. All right, we'll give you $250,000 for the team. Um, you know, because, you know, we, we want nothing to do with the parts and that's it, you know, or maybe he gave him a mill, you know, and, and that bought out the two years of the contract and, and, and he just took the John Deere money and that was it. That's all he cared about. Yeah. He broke even on the deal and, and, you know, it didn't cost him anything besides adding employees or something. So I think when you're looking at it in that, in that kind of a vacuum, it's good that we have the charger system because the team owners are able to recruit something. And you want the team owners that are going to get invested to feel like their investment is worth something. Because in the old system, it was, it was worth less. You know, it was worthless. Like anyone could come in and buy a team. They could buy a team out. They could do whatever the hell they wanted. It was, it was really the Wild West. You know, you had Roush had five teams. I think Hendrick was going to go down the five-team rabbit hole at some point in time. Um, but you had all these you had super teams, and you still do. You know, you still have the powerhouses, but you look at the powerhouses instead of Roush being up there, it's 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 kind of a split. You know, you have Hendrick and Gibbs are your basically your two powerhouse teams, and then the third team changes year to year. You know, some years it's it's RCR, some years it's Penske, some years it's um, Stuart Haas Racing. You know, the third team in that quote unquote powerhouse has changed year to year to year to year to year. Um, you know, I think right, you know, like last year, everyone track house was in everybody's mix, right? Track house was up there this year. Track house isn't up there as much. So I think this year you look at the, the, the powerhouse teams, you know, yeah, you got Gibbs up there is, is 
you know, he's got probably three out of his four cars are going to make the playoffs. Hendrick um, is probably going to be the worst out of all of them. They're probably only going to have Larson and uh, Byron in the playoffs. And it's very likely that Bowman and, and Elliott miss it, um, which is a whole other thing to look at. Um, and then another reason why I want to do two episodes this week uh, is because we have the playoffs to look at. You know, we could look at the playoffs pretty exclusively um, on Thursday with our, with what would normally be our regular episode. So I just think looking at 2024 in, in the vacuum and saying where we're at, I just don't see how there's a third charter that's going to be added to 2311. So, again, I think that puts Toyota in a pickle. Like, what do we do with Tyler Reddick or, you know, or Bubba Wallace? I, I tend to believe that Bubba Wallace is going to stay with 2311 with Denny Hamlin and with Michael Jordan because I think Bubba is loyal to those guys. I don't know if he's as loyal to Toyota as he is to the other two. I think the Toyota thing, it's just how it all kind of transpired. You know, I think they're partners with him now, but I think that if – something happened and Ford got involved and got 2311 and brought Denny in as a driver and kept Bubba and got and said to Tyler, you know, go over to Gibbs. I think that's what's going to happen. And I, and I do think that's what's happening. I, I, I think that's what's going to happen. If, if, if that, that option transpires, but I think first and foremost, my official take on this is Denny Hamlin resigns, 2311 comes back, nothing changes. Maybe some, you might see some additional funding or something with the Toyota branding with the with 2311, but I don't see anything crazy happening um, like what's being speculated. I just think a lot of the speculation right now is just that, it's speculation. It, it's chatter, it's fodder, it's, you know, we're in the middle of a, of a quote-unquote pretty boring silly season, um, there's not a ton of things that have been announced yet. You know, we know that there's something coming with the 31 car. We, we kind of have heard, um, a couple different things as far as, you know, things that are done, but just haven't been announced yet. Like the 31 cup car, there's, there's a deal signed. We just don't know who it is. I'm assuming it's Noah, uh, just because they've delayed it so long. And I think Noah was, was really, you know, because of what's happened. I think that's really what's going to happen. Had uh, had Noah not liked that meme and Noah wasn't suspended right now, I think we would know that Noah was going to the 31 next year. And and, and I think we would have known it sooner rather than later. Just like I don't think we officially know that John Hunter Nemechek's going to the 42 car until everything with Denny gets wrapped up. Like, I think, realistically, I think the Noah Gragson thing with colleagues going to get announced in time. I think the Denny Hamlin 2311 slash John Hunter Nemechek deal, that all kind of happens once that situation with Hamlin, Toyota, and 2311 gets resolved. Then I think we find out about John Hunter Nemechek and the 42 car. Then I think you get a little bit more clarity when it comes to 2024, and then I think you get the real answer of what's going to happen long-term at Gibbs. Because I think the John Hunter thing, like if they announce John Hunter in the 42 car and it's just for 2024, I think that's code for Shurex is definitely retiring at the end of 2024. I think that would be code for either that or Denny Hamlin's going to get a third charter to go drive for himself. And they're going to put John Hunter back in, in the Gibbs cars for 2025. So there's a couple things to watch there. 
I do think long-term, obviously, Truex is going to retire at some point in time. And they're going to have to figure out what the long-term plan is there at Gibbs. You know, because he's going to retire. Hamlin's not going to stick around forever either. So I know Sammy Smith is probably a little bit on that longer-term project, which is probably why, you know, Sammy Smith's going to be probably back in that Xfinity car next year. I think he needs a second season for sure. Um, he might need a third season, depending on how next year goes. So, um, and I think a lot of next year depends on who the hell is driving in the Xfinity series. Like if, if we're all wrong and John, or if, if I'm wrong and John Harden, uh, and excuse me, if I'm wrong and Noah Gragson ends up in the Xfinity series, like let's say he ends back up at JRM he, and now he's driving the eight car instead of the nine. I think that changes Sammy Smith's trajectory for next year, because I think Sammy Smith if he's the only quote-unquote full-time driver in Xfinity for Gibbs next year, I think he's got a legit shot at the championship. But he's got to mature a little bit too, and I think hopefully the rest of this year, you know, he he kind of takes that time, and I think next year he'll kind of hit the ground running. I think he'll be a little bit better. I think this year, you know, it's great he got that win early in the season. It's, it's great that he's kind of, you know, in the playoffs, but he's kind of fallen off the map the last month or two, you know, and I think that that's, where I, I like I said, I think if you're JGR, you gotta okay, we gotta put this kid in a second year of, of Xfinity and probably a third, if I had to really take a shot, because you would like him to be in title contention a year or two in a row before you put him in the Cup card. Because I think honestly, the pressure of being in the playoffs is something totally unique. I unique, and I think that was part of the reason why I I think that JGR last year went to 2311 and, and asked for Bubba to go drive the 45 instead of Ty. So that Ty didn't have to double down on the playoff race uh, races and, and worry about the owner's championship and, and his Xfinity drivers championship. Um, so, yeah, I just think that, you know, we're going to get a lot of clarity. I think soon, I don't know if it's going to happen this week. Um, typically these deals have, have already been announced usually. So, I mean, this is, it's getting later and later every year. I feel like, you know, silly season is, is just dragging on, but I think because the deals now are so more complex and, you know, like last year with Kyle's deal, you know, Kyle has, it owns a truck team. Well, Denny owns part of a cup team now. So these deals are more complex than they used to be, you know, back in the day when it was just a driver and a sponsor and an owner, they used to go pretty quick. I mean, Hell, we found out Mark Martin was drive was uh, driving for DEI back at the Coca Cola 600, you know, one year, um, you know. So, so we went like six, seven months knowing what Mark Martin was doing the next season. So, um, I think that was 07. So, there's a lot of weird things that happen and transpire in sport, uh, in the, in the sport, and a lot of times they happen early. Like, I mean, we just found out Austin Hill's coming back for 2024 in RCR in the Xfinity Series. That was kind of a shock to some people. It wasn't really a shock to me. I kind of figured he was going to try to stay in that RCR camp. I do think that he's going to run, he's obviously going to run races for beard next year, but I'm kind of wondering why RCR didn't just go and get that third charter. I mean, supposedly if the 78 was their charter, if they want it, because I'm assuming that's where they're going to get the third charter to run Tyler Reddick this year. If they held the contract out. So I don't know. We're going to take a quick break here on the Coochie's Corner Podcast. When we come back, we are going to break down Martinsville. I mean, wow, Martinsville. Ding dong. They ran up Watkins Glen this weekend. Ding dong. We're not going to break down Martinsville. We'll break down Watkins Glen instead. How about that? Talk about that. And then uh, we will then talk more about this conversation about 2024, kind of 
going to go into a little bit more of a broad spe- uh, brush and kind of look at some some things that could happen, will happen, um, and what are some of the rumors out there. There's a lot of rumors going on right now. So a lot to get to here on the Coochie's Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Hey guys, it's Bobby here for Coochie's Corner I have a great deal I want to talk to you guys about. So you guys know I'm into NASCAR diecast. I collect it with a great passion. It's probably my biggest hobby that I have is collecting different drivers diecasts. And one of those great sites I go to and visit all the time is circlebdiecast.com. It is where I get all the latest diecasts. They have all kinds of different drivers. So if you're into Kyle Larson, you're a Chase Elliott fan, William Byron, Alex Bowman, um, you name it, they have it. They also have great apparel. So you can get your t-shirts there. You can get hats there. They even have novelty items. So you can get like a bumper sticker, keychains. you name it. CircleBDiecast.com has it. And what's great for you as a Crew Chiefs Corner podcast listener, if you use my promo code Crew Chiefs Corner, it's all one word, no apostrophe in the S, Crew Chiefs Corner will get you five bucks off any U.S. order over $30. That's a great deal. Even today, in this crazy period with prices going up, we will still get you $5 off your shipping order from Circle B Diecast on any order in the continental U.S. that is over $30. So remember, use my promo code Cruci's Corner. That way there, Brent and LaDonna know I sent you there, and you guys can get all the latest and greatest diecasts that you are looking for. Again, you can even get your favorite drivers diecast you can get last week's race winning diecast it's all there at circlebdiecast.com and i want to thank them for all their support of the crew Chiefs corner podcast thanks guys and check out circlebdiecast.com all right guys we are back here on the crew Chiefs corner podcast i'm bobby bailey we are now going to talk about watkins glenn i know i said martinsville in the tease there but we're talking about watkins glenn martinsville is not for a few more weeks, actually, probably a few more months, actually. But we are going to break down the Xfinity and the Cup races out at Watkins Glen, a track I've been to twice in my life. Um, I feel like I've been there more, but at least twice. Um, it is a great part of the country. If you've never been there, it's incredible. Um I think the two times I went, I only made it as a day trip because it's about five-ish hours away. So five hours out, five hours back. It is a hell of a drive to do it, but it's uh, it's something. It's almost as, as if going – it's the same distance for me to go to Watkins Glen and it, as it is to go to Richmond. I'm stumbling over my words today. Um, but, you know, I just it's – a, it's, a, it's a great track to go to. Not – it's not as bad as one might think a road course could be because realistically, most of the places that you could go watch the race from, you would have some kind of access to one of the jumbotrons they got there. So you would have access to see some of the race. Um, you know, obviously you can listen to the drivers with the scanners and stuff. So there's a lot of ways you can listen to the race and hear it and see it. Um, obviously, um, you know, listening to the driver audios is fun um, a lot of times. And then you got, you know, like I said, the big jumbotrons and stuff like that. It's not like it was 
when when Alyssa actually Alyssa wasn't with me yet. when I went to Watkins Glen the first time when we had back when we had fan visions my dad and I went uh, because we won tickets somehow um, we had tickets or no we didn't win those weren't the tickets we won we won tickets at Dover we we bought tickets to go there um, because Mark Martin was uh, driving for AAA and we got tickets to go see Richmond. We got to meet Mark at Richmond. And then we also got tickets to go to Watkins Glen and got to see that race. So we saw um, the, we went the year of Montoya and Harvick fighting. So that was not 06. That was probably, damn, that might have been seven. Had to have been seven or eight. Seven or eight. I don't exactly remember what year, but it was a year that Montoya and Harvick fought. And I remember very vividly. Um, yeah, I was there twice. Um, because the year before that, we were there in six with Mark and the, the AAA thing. We didn't meet Mark, I think, at, at the Watkins Glen race. I think Watkins Glen in six, he did not do the appearance, but we had the hospitality. And then we won a trip with AAA to Richmond, which is how I ended up in Richmond. And then Mark came out and did the hospitality appearance. And, you know, we got to um, get a Q&A session with him. I don't think it was autographs because I don't remember getting Mark's autograph at that particular event. I remember getting a chance to listen to him uh, answer questions. I don't remember asking him one per se, but um, then we were there. I want to say it was, it was either seven or eight. We, we got tickets, my dad and I, and we, when we saw the Harvick Montoya fight, that was fun. There was, there was people there with Colombian flags that were getting booed at left and right. <laughs> There's a lot of cheering for Harvick that day. Um, but yeah, just like I said, a great part of the country to go to. If you've never been, it, it's it's a fun track to go to. It's it's somewhere I want to take Alyssa to next. I don't know if that's a next year track. Maybe we do that next year. Um, because we're trying to go to a lot. I'm trying to go to the places that we don't normally go to. Like, you know, I try to do like one farish away trip a year. Um, in addition to doing Dover and Pocono, I think Dover and Pocono we're gonna do each year. But I think we're going to try to do like a farther away trip is what the plan is going to be. You know, like this year we're going to go we're going to go on our mini honeymoon down to Charlotte and we're going to go watch the Roval race um, because it just happens to be my birthday weekend. And, you know, we're getting married on on the Thursday and we'll go down Friday and, and watch, you know, Xfinity and, and uh, Cup. Um, Saturday and Sunday. We're probably not going to do a lot of the tours and I mean the, the shops and stuff because we got to be up here pretty much the whole beginning part of the week, which is typically when you would go down and there'd be fan days and stuff like that. Well, we're up here getting ready for the wedding, last minute crap and all that fun stuff. So we're not going to have time to do um, fan fest as much as I would love to go down and get autographs and do some of that, some of that kind of stuff. I would love to do that. It's just, it's just going to be virtually impossible. Um, and then we'll just go watch um, Xfinity and Cup on Saturday and Sunday. Probably, like I said, get there Friday night because uh, it's a nine. That's a nine-hour drive, and that's <laughs> that's a lot. 
Um, and then we'll we'll just drive home Monday because neither one of us have to be back at work until Tuesday. And mo- and Monday is my birthday, so Monday we'll probably straggle home. <laughs> you know, we'll probably take our time getting home Monday. You know, I don't know. Maybe Monday night we'll we'll book a room somewhere else <laughs> and just make it a four hour drive home or something. I, you know, maybe we stay in like Virginia or something. I don't know, like the top of Virginia or something. You know, maybe Maryland or Dover or something. Well, maybe not Dover, not Delaware. <laughs> I'm done with that. Um, but moving on, making it more race related. Um. You know, I think it was a crazy weekend. I mean, if you look at Saturday's race up until the very end was extremely boring, if you're a fan, because uh, Ty Gibbs dominated. I mean, there was nothing anybody could do with Ty Gibbs but do what Sammy, uh, listen to me say Sammy, uh, what Sam Mayer did to him on that last restart. There was nothing. So say what you want. Ty Gibbs had the car to beat. Understand that he's a cup guy in, a, in an Xfinity race, but the rules state that if you're not three full-time seasons into the Cup Series, you get to run as many Xfinity races as you want, um, excluding the playoff races, excluding the Dash Cash races, and I think that's it. So you can't run the ten play or the whatever amount of playoff races they have. I want to say Xfinity has nine, seven, something like that. Maybe seven, because I know trucks have seven and i think xfinity has seven cup has 10 for sure but at any rate um ty gibbs is is done like this was his last xfinity race of the season he actually said that in his interview if you were listening i know a lot of people are listening to other things he said but not that particular quote um you know like i said it was just a whole hum day for ty you know he had a really good car no one could touch him no one could beat him and um, he was running away with it. I mean, you know, there was really not much anybody was going to do. What I will say is I know Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs are not the best of friends. They don't get along. They've had a rivalry um, is a great way to put it. They've had this rivalry since their K&N days, and I think it's going to continue. And I think Sam Mayer at some point in time is going to get a cup opportunity. I can't I can't see how he's not. He's, he's too talented to not get a seat at the cup level down the road. I mean, it doesn't have to be, it's not going to be next year. I mean, I know that for a fact, but um, yeah, I'd be surprised if he got a cup seat next year, honestly, Um, with the way this silly season has been going. I I doubt it. I really do. I just doubt it. Um, What I will say is I think the move I'm not a fan of, um, but I understand what Sam said after the race, which is, you know, he wheel hopped it in the one and, you know, going at first glance, it looks like he just clears them out. He just cleans them out, just wrecks them. Which, I mean, knowing Ty, Ty probably would have done the same thing to Sam. So I wasn't, I wasn't upset about the move. I know some fans might have been, but I, I just, I don't see how you can fault Sam Mayer for that deal. Like that is not his fault. You know, that is something that. You know, it happens to all of them. I mean, I remember, what was it, Jeff Gordon wheel hopped one time at Watkins Glen in turn one, and Tony Stewart won the race. I mean, there's been some good wheel hop situations that have happened at in turn one at Watkins Glen. So it's happened, and you, you just, it's part of racing, and you just deal with it. Now, what I will say is Ty took it pretty well after the race. Um, I, I did get the, the, the sarcastic, 
you know, well, congratulations on your second win. You know, I, you know, you got more starts to me, but I have more wins than you. I race on Sundays and you don't, you know, all this other nonsense that Ty was saying, which again, if you, if you're looking at likability and why people don't like Ty Gibbs, that is a hundred percent the reason why they don't like him. It's because he's brash. It's because he's outlandish. It's because he's, you know, quote unquote, the silver spoon kid. So, um, you know, a brat, all those things that people say about Ty Gibbs comes across in this interview. And even though I know Ty is probably a little more controlled than he has been in the years past, he's a little bit more, how can I say, uh, you know, handled, um, I think would be the right word or managed by PR and communication folks that are telling him what to say and what not to say and when to say things and when not to say things. I think he's, he's also realizing that sometimes the way he races will eventually come back and bite him in the butt too. And I think that that was really a big takeaway from Saturday's race was that Ty Gibbs sort of got what he would have done to Sam Mayer if he was in Sam Mayer's shoes. And don't let Ty fool you. You know, just because, you know, Sam Mayer is quote-unquote desperate. I don't think Sam Mayer is desperate to win. He's won this year. He's in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Guys want to win because they want to win. And he made a winning move. I guarantee you there would have been 20 other guys that would have done the same exact damn thing that Sam Mayer did going into turn one. Now, what I will say, and this might seem like I'm defending Ty Gibbs here, what I will say is Sam Mayer, when you get out of the car and you say, oh, I wheel hopped it in turn one, just bloody admit that you overdrove it, you wheel hopped it, and you ran into Ty Gibbs. Just admit that you're trying, you're gunning for him. Because we all know you were. We all know you were upset. There's not a fan out there that that is mad that you did what you did. There's nobody that's mad about it. You know, there might be some Ty Gibbs supporters that are really pissed off about it. But at the end of the day, those are few and far between and, and for the most part. And most fans understand why you did what you did. So just when you come out of the car, just admit it. Just flat out say, hey, man, I took him out because I'm tired of his shit or whatever you want to say. And I guarantee you it would have been – it would have been – received very well by the fan base. Now, I think he's a likable guy, and I think a lot of people see that he's trying to race with respect, or at least that's what he's trying to tell everybody he's trying to do. But at the end of the day, we all know he cleaned him out. I mean, you know, yes, I know he wheel hopped, but he wheel hopped because he was trying to go in there so deep into the corner and be so aggressive. He wanted to get that back bumper of Ty Gibbs. He could say whatever the hell he wants after the race. He, he, he wanted Ty Gibbs wrecked. And I can't sit here and say, like, that that's that's terrible. You should never want to wreck a competitor. Like, but no. Like these guys, these guys are in it to win it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a this is not a a competition of sorry, I almost snapped my mic there. <laughs> um this is not a competition of um, you know, surf, you know, this is this is not a competition where, you know, it's like, oh, let me be nice today and let Ty Gibbs win. You know, these guys are are A-type personalities. They want to win. They want to do everything they can to win these races. And and you can't blame them. They're so freaking hard to win. You know, even at the Xfinity level, these things are so hard to win. You know, they're just so tough. And, you know, this it's so competitive these days. It's super competitive. Like, you know, back when Mark Martin, Dale Earnhardt, you know, uh, Daryl Waltrip, you know, some of those guys were out racing on a, on a week-to-week basis in the Xfinity Series. It was 
way less competitive. Like you maybe had one or two guys like you had, what was it? You know, Tommy Houston, maybe Sam Hard. You had some of those kinds of guys that were going to be, you know, competitive with you, but you didn't have what you have now. Like now is it's crazy. You know, like now these things are are super hard to win. You have guys that are in the series full time, like Cole Custer, Justin Algeyer, um, John Hunter Nemechek, Sammy Smith. There's guys that are in really competitive rides these days that would give a guy like Kyle Bush. Like, did everybody forget that Kyle Bush was in this race too? I mean, I know he had a mechanical problem and the, and the car wasn't that great, but like, do you guys remember that Kyle Bush was in this race too? Like, that's the thing. Like. You know, a couple of years ago, I mean, I, I know he's not driving for Gibbs anymore, so so the Chevrolet teams are not as predominant as some of these other teams. But I also think that if Kyle was driving a Junior Motorsports Xfinity car and not a quality cup, uh, Xfinity car, that, you know, Kyle's experience in the Xfinity series would be way, way better. But I guess he went where the money was at, and, and Matt Colley decided that he, he wanted to give Kyle Busch a shot in his Xfinity car because he wanted to, you know, evaluate where his equipment is at. And there is no better race car driver out there on the planet than Kyle Busch. Period. End of discussion. If you want my honest opinion, who's the best drivers out there in NASCAR right now, it's Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, and then you can list guys after that. Kyle Larson is a hell of a talent. He, he can win in anything he gets in, right? Kyle Busch is an extremely talented person as well. Um, uh, Kyle's obviously not as well, um, revered from a fan base. And he's also not as well, you know, well versed in like sprint car racing and, and dirt racing. I mean, he's trying it. He's trying his best at it, but he's not Kyle Larson. And, and I would say Kyle Larson's probably got the edge on Kyle Busch, even though Kyle Busch is a way better, uh, driver in like cup and Xfinity in it than Kyle Larson is. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're talking about two guys that the fan base doesn't really care for. You know, you're either a Kyle Larson fan or you're not. There's a lot of people that don't like Kyle Busch, and there's a lot of people that do like Kyle Busch. So um, I think at the end of the day, you look at Sam Mayer and what he did, like that those are moves that any driver would make at the end of the race. I mean, those are like that's a Dale Earnhardt senior type move at the end of a race. You know, and people are 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 talking, you know, it's it's funny how people were were bringing up Dale Senior this week in, in one of the NASCAR groups I'm in, and people were saying, "Well, you know, you guys would have really hated Earnhardt back in the day," and it's true. You know, like there's things that people do that are Earnhardt like, like when Chastain makes some of his his you know ridiculous moves. You know, you could see the Earnhardt comparisons when he like cleans a guy out or wrecks a guy or whatever. Um, there's some of that that goes on, but when you look at, um, you know, for example you know, what Ricky Stenhouse did at Indianapolis, like that's, that's bona fide stupid. You know, you're, you're out there just wrecking people just for sake of wrecking people, you know? So there's, there's some, there's some differences, but, um, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, that, that deal with Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs was, was a racing deal, you know, Ty over, uh, you know, didn't get, get away far enough. And also Sam Mayer just overcooked it in that corner. He drove it too hard, too deep, couldn't slow down, couldn't do anything about it. Then we moved to Sunday. Sunday, a little more of a competitive race. Not a ton of passing when it comes to the next-gen car. I, I just, it is what it is when it comes to these road courses. Um, the, the finish was exciting. It was not your typical 
cup finish. Um, you know, it wasn't, oh my God, here comes Chase Elliott, you know, but um, Danny Hamlin finishes second. You get a repeat winner and in, in William Byron and, and who the hell would have guessed William Byron on a road course? You know, you just you just wouldn't have predicted that. And it was a big win for for William because it gives him five on the season. And now he's going to have the most wins on the season uh, on the year, guaranteed, because even if Kyle Busch or Truex wins, they're only going to get the four. So, you know, William Byron's got the most wins on the regular season. So he's going to he's definitely going to have the most bonus point uh, playoff points going into it. Um, he's he's obviously not going to win the regular season championship. That's only down to, I think, um, Martin Truex Jr. And I think Denny Hamlin are the two that can win the regular season championship, which is 15 bonus points. But, you know, as far as that goes, I mean, you know, Truex, okay, could probably end up with more uh, playoff points than, than Byron. But no one's going to win more races during the regular season than this guy. And he's a title threat now. You know, William Byron is a title threat. When you look at the way this year has gone for him, He's got the five wins. He's been very, very good this year overall. He's had his summer slump that traditionally he has. He has not been super hot here of late, but the win, I think, at Watkins Glen builds that momentum and gets him going in a good spot going into Daytona, which is the cutoff race, and puts him in a good spot. The team that probably wanted to have the best run possible was Chase Elliott, and Chase didn't get it done. And at a place where you think Chase Elliott should have won, that team found every which way to screw up and not win this race. So w- whether it was running out of fuel, whether it was, you know, some of the other nonsensical things that have happened to this team this year, it just seems like there's something amiss on the nine car. And now before all of you Chase Elliott fans call for Alan Gustafson's head, uh, which I know this week has been off the charts already, and we're only at Monday, I need to remind you that this is the same Alan Gustafson that has won multiple races with Jeff Gordon, the same Alan Gustafson that's won a championship with Chase Elliott and the same Alan Gustafson that has won races with Chase Elliott as recent as 2022. So something's amiss this year. I think some of it has to do with the fact that Chase has missed so many races this year due to injury. Um, I don't know if I subscribe to the theory that he's not 100%. I don't think that's the case. I think Alex Bowman is more not 100% than Chase. I think Chase is 100%. I think... I just think they're having horrible luck this year. I just think it's one of those deals where, you know, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong with this team. And I feel like that's what's going on with Chase Elliott this year. Um, Whereas when you look at, you know, Alex Bowman, I think Bowman's just, I think he's still hurt. I don't think he's a hundred percent. And I think it's going to take him a little bit, you know, probably next year you'll see the Alex Bowman. We saw a little bit this year come back, but um, I I don't really foresee him making a a run on, on Saturday night to win and get in the playoffs. I just don't see it happening. You know, um, as far as, you know, Brad Keselowski gets locked in uh, as far as playoffs go. Uh, Harvick's locked in for on points. So now it's literally down to Bubba Wallace and potentially a new winner. So, you know, for Bubba, obviously, he's, he's hoping for a repeat winner. Obviously, if he wins, then he secures his own spot. Um, but Bubba finishes, I think it's 13th or better and does not uh, score a single stage point during either one of the two stages at Daytona, he's locked in. So a 13th place finish, no stage points in the two stages, Bubba Wallace will be in the 2023 playoffs. And the NASCAR fans will go, 
wild if he does make the playoffs again. They'll lose their freaking minds. Um, heading into Daytona, like I said, so it's a win and in for a lot of guys. You know, Ty Gibbs is in this boat, Chase Elliott, uh, Alex Bowman. We've already highlighted those guys. But other drivers like Harrison Burton, uh, Austin Sendrickson, uh, I think a must win. Um, yeah, there's some other guys down there that are that are in must wins. AJ Allmendinger, Justin Haley. Uh, Justin Haley's a hell of a plate racer, too. I mean, Haley would... Haley and Almendinger might be the two guys I would say are dark horses to win just because of how good Haley is at plate racing and how good um, Almendinger is at pushing. So I think those are two guys to look out for. Uh, obviously, Stenhouse won the 500, so I don't really know how good the, the car they're going to bring is because it's obviously not the 500 car. But, um, you know, Ricky Stenhouse is another guy you got to look at. Brad Keselowski would would um, be a welcome addition for Bubba. Like if Brad won or Harvick won, Bubba would be in. Plain and simple. But if like Todd Gilliland wins, then they're in trouble. So um, I know a lot of people don't like this as a playoff cutoff race, but it is what it is. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to change much on my opinion on this. It's, it's the most exciting race NASCAR could put as a playoff uh, cutoff race outside of Bristol. Um, I think they made the best decision ever to make this the playoff cutoff race. Um, I think it's all the all the stuff that you want in a race. It's wrecking. It's action. It is uh, crazy things happening. Um, and it's a good it's a good time for for the fans too. It's you know right before school gets back for some schools. And, you know, it sets you up really good. And then you got that opening race right there, Labor Day weekend at Darlington, which, you know, it's going to be a good one. So I, I think Daytona, it's we all know it's a crapshoot. And, you know, I'm not really going to make a lot of predictions, but I do think we do see a new winner at Daytona. I think we get our, what would be our 14th winner of the season. And I think it's going to, I really think Justin Haley's going to get it. I think Justin Haley's going to come out of nowhere and win at Daytona. You heard it here first. It'd be a second career cup series win at Daytona. And it'd be a second career cup win anyhow. So I'm going to go on a limb and say, Justin Haley's going to win at Daytona in the cup series for the Xfinity series is not, it is not a cutoff race for them for their playoffs. They saw some races after that. Um, I think their cutoff race is Kansas, not Daytona. Um, so you're going to have that. I think, listen, those JRM boys are going to be dangerous. I think Al Geyer, Sam Mayer, um, Brandon Jones, uh, Josh Berry, they're going to all be in the mix on Saturday, on Friday evening. And I'm going to say one of those JRM guys is going to win. I think, I, I personally think Josh Berry gets his win on Sunday. I mean, on uh, Friday night. I think he gets his win. I think he gets that win. So I'm going to predict Josh Berry on Friday evening and Justin Haley on Saturday evening. Both of those drivers then cement their places in the playoffs, their respective playoffs, and we'll see what happens when the cup cars hit the track on Saturday night and, like I said, Xfinity on Friday night. So what we're going to do is we are going to take one last quick break, and then we're going to take kind of a broader picture at the 2024 silly season, where we're going to be headed for that, what is going on, what are some things that I expect to be announced soon, and what are some things that I think are going to come uh, down the road. 
So we'll see what happens there. You're listening to the Crew Cheese Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Bobby here from the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. Just want to let you guys know that you can go check out all the latest race news, race recaps, entry lists, point standings, whatever you guys are looking for. It's all on our website, thecrewchief.net. Check it out. We update it as often as we can. We have, like I said, entry list on there. There's race recaps. There's uh, point standings. You want to find out what, what sponsor your favorite driver has this weekend. All the latest news and information is right there on thecrewchief.net. Um, it is your portal to the world of NASCAR news, and uh, be sure to check it out. Once again, that's crewchief.net. You can even listen to the Crew Chiefs Corner podcast right on the website. Check it out, guys. All right, guys, I am going to give you our 2024 kind of lay of the land right now, kind of where we're at. So, obviously, as I talked about earlier, um, there's some ongoing back and forth with Gibbs and Hamlin. Not 100% sure on on why it's kind of been taking so long for this deal to get done. I know some of it has to do with the 2311 side of things because that has to get solved first before they move on to a contract with Gibbs for Hamlin to come back as a driver. So we'll see how that all turns out. Um, like I said, my prediction is that things stay the course there. Cause I really can't, I don't see how financially it's going to make sense for Toyota to lose a driver plus a team. Um, because realistically, I mean, I know that's a simple solution is to say, Hey, you know, thanks for everything, Denny. And just kind of let John Hunter go over to the 11 car and let legacy figure out what they're going to do with their 42, but at the same tote and, and they would have the same amount of cars, but, when you tell everybody you want to expand your program, you're trying to add, you know, support to a second team. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. So we'll see what happens. But stay tuned. We'll we'll keep everything followed and uh we'll keep our ears glued to the to the ground and see what happens. Um, I'm assuming you know, most of you know by now I've been saying colleague is gonna announce Noah Gregson. I think it's coming. As soon as as soon as Noah gets done what he needs to do as far as, you know, uh, remediation, whether it's, you know, some kind of communications class, some kind of social media, you know, management course or something that he's got to do in order to uh, get reinstated. And I think you'll find out the call of news for the 31. I think they're they're interconnected at this point. Um, and then I think we're going to find out exactly what's going on with SVG Shane Van Gisbergen. We'll find out exactly what his plan is. Um, I've been saying this and I heard it on the, uh, the truck series broadcast from Lucas oils, uh, raceway park that basically he's going to run a little bit of Arca, some trucks, he's going to run some Xfinity and he'll dive into some races in cup. I would assume his Arca and truck stuff is going to be done at a nice. I'm assuming his Xfinity stuff is going to be done at a, out of colleague and that his cup stuff will still be done at a track house either with project 91 or what whether or not they just run a third car straight up without the project 91 moniker on it um but yeah i think that's what's going to happen i know there's a lot of chatter like you know drivers are saying oh they should just throw svg in a cup car i i, I think they're gonna they're gonna you know want him to learn it properly and i think he wants to learn properly as well i don't think he want to just jump into a cup car i think 
you know, it's great that he was able to do what he did on, on the road course there at, at Chicago on the street course. But, you know, obviously uh, when he got to Indy, he was in for a rude awakening and, and he still finished top 10. I mean, he was still 10th there at Indy, but I think that, um, you know, he's got to learn these cars a little bit more um, before you throw them in a full-time cup season. So uh, I think a little bit of that will happen. As far as Xfinity guys go, I think it's going to be it's going to be a little more open. I think we're going to see what happens. John Hunter Nemechek's definitely going cup racing, whether it's in the 42 car and the 11 car. We'll we'll find out at some point um, who replaces him is the biggest question mark. I think out there does Gibbs go out and get another driver or do they just go down to two cars and get the star car to be the 20 and they just get rid of the 19? We'll see how that happens. I, I think they're going to keep the 19 around, uh, possibly, if they get Ryan Truex uh, for a full season. Because they think that's who they, they would put in the 19. And then the 20 would switch and become the star car again, which is what I think they're going to do. I think the 19 would be for Ryan Truex, kind of put him in the same number as his brother, and um, you get a you get a deal done. So I, I think Ryan's who they want to put to replace but they got to find the funding for it. If not, we'll probably see Ryan Truex in the Dash or Cash races and probably for some of the playoff races, um, which I think is why we're going to see Trevor Bain so late in the season with that with that 19 car because I think Trevor's races are, are part of the playoff package because they can't run tie in the playoffs and they can't run. I mean, who else do they have? I mean, what would they do, put Ryan Truex in it? You know, maybe. Um, it would be interesting to see too when we're talking Xfinity what's going to happen. Like I said, with the thirty-nine bunch, with um, you know, no CMR on that card at, at uh, Watkins Glen either. Um, it's going to be kind of a interesting thing to see what happens. You know, they're going to need funding for that car, um, clearly. But I, I'm I'm wondering where they're at with the CMR deal. You know, if it's officially done, um, you know, it sucks for Ryan. That was a big sponsor for them. Um, you know, even if it wasn't maybe as much financially as maybe people might think it is, it, it's still a big blow. You know, when you lose a sponsor, that's a financial crisis for a team sometimes. Um, and I hope that's not the case because, you know, like I said, they they have some piecemeal funding on the 28 with Kyle. They have funding with uh, Joe Graff Jr. But to now not have funding suddenly on the 39 is a problem. So hopefully uh, they'll get some, some companies to come on board. I'm sure there's people out there looking and questioning why they're running blank. Um, but that's the other problem. When you, when you have a sponsor, you don't actively look for others because you don't think that you have to, to do that. You think, yeah, okay, I got CMR for the year or for the majority of the season, whatever their deal was. And they have the a game for the other races. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, signing associate sponsors or finding additional sponsorship or, you know, bringing on somebody as a major associate sponsor for a race or two and just, you know, think about what you could do. Um, Cause you don't see stuff like this happening. You just don't foresee it. And it's kind of what bit um, Ganassi there with, with the whole deal with uh, DC solar, you know, that same kind of deal that, that, you know, just out of the blue, like all of a sudden you realize this company is a pyramid scheme and you're, you're the, the suckers that have taken the money and now you're, you're getting sold down the river. So hopefully that's not the case there. Uh, 
but yeah, it just sucks that that uh, the Sieg uh, family team has been kind of struggling too. I mean, that, that's that's kind of the thing that's the bigger head scratcher this year is what's been going on with RSS. Like, you know, on paper, I mean, they have, um, you know, they have Todd Parrott over there. They have, um, you know, he's working with um, Kyle. They have, I think it's Steve uh, Addington is working with um, Joe Graff Jr. And, you know, they have, um, a new crew chief for Ryan, but Ryan, and, and I kind of alluded to this a little bit in the beginning of the season. It just seems like every time Ryan gets a crew chief, that's not named Kevin Cowboy Starlin, there's an issue. And I don't know if it's because Ryan doesn't trust the other crew chiefs that he's had, or the other crew chiefs don't know what they're doing or what exactly the situation is, but it just seems like that team they're off this year. You know, they're off their game. I don't know if it's because of the addition of a third car um, I can't imagine it's that, but I mean, it could be, um, you know, it's just, there's a lot going on there. And, and like I said, you know, they're trying to run the third car, um, with funding and all that. And, and, and it's just, it's tough. And Kyle, Kyle's kind of on the newer side when it comes to Xfinity for sure. And, you know, they're just, they're just trying to do what they can to pay the bills and, and get race to race at this point. I'm, I'm assuming now that they're down a sponsor. So, you know, you hope that they're able to figure it out. Um, I don't know exactly what mechanical problem Ryan had there at the end of that race too. That was, that was a bizarre one. You know, on that last restart, you saw Ryan Teague pull like right out of line and he was, he was going to have a good day. He was going to have a thing, a top 15 finish if I'm not mistaken. And um, he came up like it was out of fuel or something or something was wrong with the, the fuel pickup, which I know they've had fuel pickup issues with those, with those cars in the past. Um, so I don't know if it was that particular gremlin that got him, but, um, I know they've had some fuel pickup issues in those in those uh, RSS cars um, the last couple of years, you know. So you hope it's not that. You hope it's not the gremlins that that this team has dealt with in the past. So, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you look at other drivers, I think the big question obviously is going to, or the big answer is going to be who's going to drive the eight car. Um, I know there's some people out there. I want Jeffrey Earnhardt in the eight. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold your breath on that. I think now that Noah Gregson's dangling out there. Now that there's some some other things going on. Um, I mean, I even look at guys like you know Connor Zilich. There's some other guys that are in the Chevrolet program that I could see possibly getting some some notoriety. I could see. You know, Chevy trying to bring a guy up maybe from the truck series that might be worth putting in that eight car. So um, still don't know exactly what's going to happen there. But, you know, there's some some pretty good talented drivers out there that that might end up in that eight car and not, you know, it might not even be um, Noah Gregson. So we'll see how that all pans out. But I definitely think Xfinity is going to have a lot of shifts. I think you're going to see some guys shake it up and, and move, go to different rides, try to find better rides. Um, speaking of Xfinity, we have some news that came out this morning. I didn't talk about it in the open segment, but I'll talk about it now. Jeb Burton is going to be in the 22 for Jordan Anderson Bomberito Autosport this weekend at Daytona. That's because Jordan Anderson the namesake of the organization will be returning to the driver's seat. He's going to take over the 27 this weekend because let's face it, when it rains at Daytona, they'll lock Jordan in on that. And then I think uh, Jeb would get locked in being a, a winner this season. So that's, that's how that deal works out. 
Um, I think also, um, you know, we're we're still finding out some more uh, things about 2024. You know, probably in these coming weeks, we'll see. Definitely, like I said, I think we'll see what happens with 31. We'll see what happens with the 42. Um, I'm assuming we're going to find out the the official Eric Amarola news down the road too, which would also include Zane Smith. So stay tuned on that deal. And there's just a lot, there's a lot out there and there's a lot of things that can and cannot happen. So we'll see. Um, I would expect that you're going to see Cole Custer back in the Xfinity next year. I don't see him going back to cup. Um, I think Zane's really the candidate for the 10 car and that's going to kind of take care of that situation. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot on the table when it comes to next year and a lot of things that are being discussed and being, you know, talked about and who might end up where, and, you know, you just, you know, I always tell people, you always got to be careful where you get your news from. And today was a a real, a real good uh, lesson for some folks. So there's a, a group, uh, I mean, a post out there, there's a page, I should say, really, that put out some stuff from Chris Knight who works for the catch fence. And Chris, Chris was one of the guys that reported about the whole thing with 2311 meeting with Ford. So this post comes out and it says that, um, you know, from this particular page, and I'm not going to out the guy, you know, on, on my podcast. Cause you know, he'll probably listen and know who he is anyhow. Cause I think he listens, um, at the very least. Um, so anyhow, this this page goes out and puts out a uh, a thing that you know Chris Chris Knight is you know reporting that Denny Hamlin's a potential free agent. They've been talking to Ford, this that, and the other, and then he puts in that you know Stuart Haas Racing is potentially going to either Chevy or Dodge. Now there is no, I'm speculating. There's no, you know, according to sources close to me or any any of those things. He's just saying this is factual. And I get on there and I comment and I said, you know, there, you know, Dodge coming back to NASCAR is like the most overreported thing ever. And it is definitely not happening because Dodge has said so. So then the person replies back and they're, you know, getting into a back and forth with me, with me, which again, I probably shouldn't have engaged their troll on it. But, you know, sometimes you got to call people out when they make bullshit statements. And that was a bullshit statement. And I'll just call it like it is. You come out and say stupid stuff. Like, you know, Dodge is coming back to NASCAR when you have zero sources, zero, zero insider information on this. You know, I and I and I know that this person has none. I know they don't. You know, and, and your big claim to fame with this is that Leah Pruitt is driving a Dodge funny car, or I mean a Dodge sponsor top fuel dragster and that's why Stuart haas racing is going to go back to dodge or go to dodge and bring dodge back into the sport but there's a lot of other better shots for dodge to come back into nascar that you will never even know about and this one's not even going to be a, a, a thing that's discussed so while i do think Stuart haas racing is prime for a manufacturer to come in and say hey we want to build with you guys and give them a boatload of money because i think they're the one of the bigger organizations that would be more susceptible to be picked off um i just don't see dodge being that that organization because they they had a tough time with penske um and we know how that all went so 
I wouldn't put any stock into that, but this is why, you know, you always gotta be careful when you're, when you're reading stuff, you always gotta be careful where you get the, the news from, because sometimes, like I said, people like to throw stuff against the wall and see if it sticks. And this particular page does that. Not my page, but the person I'm talking about, their particular page does that a lot. And then, and then, you know, you get the public apology of, I'm sorry, you know, I speculated this, that, and the other. Well, but if you, you know, the first time you made the post, if you had put that you speculated or made another post and said, hey, listen, you know, I think Stuart Haas might be leaving Ford because of their relationship with Dodge, with the the, the funny car and the top fuel dragster and NHRA, whatever. Um, I think, you know, this would be a perfect team for Dodge to come back to, you know, in the sport with all that nonsense. That's fine. But you got to remember two things. Reason A why we aren't going to see a new manufacturer in NASCAR right now is because NASCAR has not gone hybrid yet. There's chatter that it's going to happen in 2025. We don't know for sure if it's happening, but there's been chatter about it. Because right now there's not a single manufacturer in this world that would love to spend millions of dollars to create a brand new pushrod V8 for their, their motorsports program. And then two years from now have to develop a hybrid version of that when they could have just skipped all that and went right to, you know, possibly the hybrid area or hybrid error or possibly wait until they go electric, which I know is a whole other topic for a whole other day. So, you know, until NASCAR gets hybrid and does the hybrid technology and then is on the path to electrification, I don't see I don't see any car manufacturer investing in the sport. I just don't see it happening. Outside of Chevy, Ford, and, and Toyota. I just don't see any of those three not being somehow the three that we're going to have for the next couple of years. I just don't see it. But I do find it interesting that Mazda, the MX-5 Cup, is at Martinsville very soon testing. Um, I think that is an interesting thing to note because Mazda is one of those weird car companies that loves to race that, you know might be a uh, a popular brand to bring into the sport if you are NASCAR. And they used to have a relationship with Ford. So, you know, they would be the, the, the one out of all the ones that could come in. They're the ones that I think that could be a little bit disruptive. I don't think it's going to be majorly disruptive if they came, but we'll see. We'll see if that's the case. You know, if they're just testing the waters to see, you know, how potentially racing could be for them as on a short track or how racing could be for them, period. So, um, you know. So that does it for this week's episode of the Crew Chiefs Corner podcast. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. We will catch you guys later in the week. We are going to go over the NASCAR playoffs. We'll go over some scenarios on how guys could get in. Obviously, it's it's really a simple scenario. It's a new winner that is eligible for the championship wins in the in and is in, or Bubba Wallace finishes 13th or better with no stage points, and Bubba Wallace is a driver. So that's that. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Coochie's Corner Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week here on the show. Thanks for listening to the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at the Crew Chief, on Twitter at the Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chiefs Corner, TikTok at Crew Chiefs Corner, and on the Anchor app and anchor.fm. Thanks for listening.